You're listening to episode 25 of our podcast. My name is Dieter Randolph. And I'm Jenny Randolph. And before we get too much into anything, as we do the gather round thing that we always do, I just want to put in a request. It's Father's Day weekend. Do you think there's any possibility that we can sleep in tomorrow morning? Yes. I'm going to say yes. Based on what? I mean, we have this dog. Um, Hope and yeah. dreams. <laughs> That's what it comes down to. If you've ever been around us, we have this dog, Fresco, and he's a wonderful, amazing, brilliant dog. And he's also really weird. He's... He is an odd animal. Yeah, he's he's a he's little... moody. Yeah. He's contrary. He's stubborn, like in all the wrong ways. And he's brilliant. He's a Randolph, is I guess what we're trying to say. Ugh. And it's what... It, but he has become institutionalized to the idea of getting up with me at 6.15 and, and it ruins our weekends. But the thing that's amazing to me is that when I get up on a normal day, I get up about 6.15 and I get ready, do whatever the things are that I need to do in order to get ready. And I have to wake him up. He's got a little bed at the foot of our bed. And I have to wake him up to get him to come downstairs and eat his breakfast. And he and I have a very complicated routine where I feed him while I'm making, getting the coffee ready to go, and then I hit the switch on the coffee, and while the coffee's brewing, I have taken him outside, and it's just, we are a well-oiled machine, except for the fact that he never cooperates with anything. So that's an aspirational statement, but every morning I try. But I have to wake him up. I have to get him out of his little bed, except on Saturday morning, which is my one shot for sleeping in. And he is awake and mad. And he's figured out that he can shake his collar and his little dog license. And it's like ringing a bell for the servant. Oh, sure. That's me. Oh, I am Bascom, the servant. So I'm just saying it would be nice. Fresco, if you're listening to this podcast... uh, Please let me sleep in. Tomorrow. I think we should sneak him into one of the kids' rooms, and just a, and just let that's them. That's a grand idea, right? And just let him. But knowing them, they'd be like coming and knocking on our door and saying, "Hey, Fre- Fresco needs to Fresco go." Fresco needs out. to go outside. Yeah, I'm going back <laughs> to know? bed. Well, the thing is, we just celebrated our 23rd wedding anniversary. Yes, we did. It was and a fun time. It yeah, was a good weekend. man, it was really nice and and wonderfully weird to be in a situation where nobody needed anything from us. Well, we slept in just fine at the hotel. Well, so. no dog. Yeah. You know. <laughs> but um, different experience because I'm really used to having a very full day. And I preach to people a full schedule doesn't mean the same thing as a full life. I'm a big believer in that. I'm a fan of the whole minimalist idea that you're supposed to scale back and simplify and all of that. But on the other hand we've got a very full family and everybody works out of the house and before our kids worked they were schooled out of the house and we've got several different businesses that we run and a big thing coming up that we're getting ready to launch and we do this podcast and the website and um, we have live Bible study from our living room every Thursday night and a million crazy things and so it was a really nice thing for me to have as my agenda which bathing suit will I put on to go look for shells? Mm-hmm. Because if you're listening, we we spend the the our anniversary weekend at a hotel down on the beach. Yeah. Well, and how badly could you possibly lose at backgammon? So that's, that's oh, listen, you you oh, you were terrible at that game. I'm I, 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, I don't have a head for strategy at all, and you are so brilliant at strategy. We learned long ago, we meaning everyone in your life, that you play Monopoly with Jenny once, and that'll do you for the rest of your life. I'm, I You're am, ruthless. I, well, that's part of it, is that I think I take advantage of everybody else's kindness, and I, I, wow. go, for, I go for the jugular. It's true. It's, it is true. I mean, I'm... I'm a bit competitive, and I make no apologies. I'm sorry, Man. just can't. can't well, but do part it. of it is you're you're really good at the game, and you've got that James Bond thing where you know he never loses at any game, and you've got that, and in spades. But um, part of it is you've got that that mojo. But I'm also really committed to cockamamie strategies. Like I'll be like, okay, I'm just gonna get the cheap properties because those are cheap to develop. But then, of course, they don't pay off at all. But then, I, by then, I'm committed, and I will, I will suffer terrible deals in order to get the utilities or whatever, because I have it in my head that that's how it's going to go. Tisk tisk. No, and, those are never, never good things. But so, my strategy involving letting the dog sleep in is similarly doomed. But one can only hope. Yeah. Well, let's try. Let's see if let's see if we can we can uh, make that happen. I am. Drinking a lovely cup of coffee right now, hoping that, you know, trying to stay awake a little bit longer, so maybe we'll sleep in a little bit later. And that's, See, that's your strategy, you know, and that will actually pay off. It might. It might. You know, I don't know. But I think that hopefully what will happen is, is you'll let me take care of the dog in the morning and you'll stay in bed. But so far, that hasn't worked. Oh, you're, I'm you're pretty bit, stubborn, even though yeah, it's Father's Day and stuff like that. Yeah. It was so funny. We were at the grocery store, and, and the cashier said, yeah, have you have any big plans for Father's Day? <laughs> yeah. I was like, no. You're like, hopefully not. Hopefully yeah. we don't have anything to do. But I I dare speak for every father in the country. We don't want drama. That we j- What dads want is for everything to be quiet. That's it. That is that is the extent of it. I don't want to repel off of anything. I, I don't I don't know. I, I want to just have nothing going on for a weekend. That sounds like the kingdom of heaven right there. So I think that, that all dads ask for that. And sometimes you guys are awesome, but I know that there are some families that are like, okay, well, dad, we're going to go do this and let's have dad do this. And dad doesn't want to do any of those things. Yeah, I think, I think probably just to chill weekend, we'll take you out to dinner. We have some presents for you and you know, that, that kind of thing. But I'll probably cook you breakfast and hopefully breakfast will be around 10. Yeah. Well, more, let's do, let's do a brunch. Let's do a there brunch. Let's count on a brunch. Brunch right? is the king of meals. Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. A but person who eats brunch is a person who is the captain of their own destiny. That's what I say. I love it. So there you go. So for on Sunday, brunch. Sunday brunch, sleeping in, and no drama. I love it. Beautiful. Sounds like a plan. So the other thing that happened this week is I taught the last class in the Bible course that I had been teaching at First Unity. Yeah, you're all done. Seven weeks went fast. Yeah, it really did. It really did. And I am just, I mean, I read the Bible on a daily basis anyway, and I'm a fan. You know, it's kind of, it's the core. It's our primary textbook, the whole thing. It's a big deal. But I recognize, and part of the reason I want to teach the class is that a lot of people either have no experience with the Bible at all, or they have been clobbered mm-hmm. by it. You know, and and I am not taking that away from anybody. There are some people that utilize the Bible to justify some really nasty behavior. 
But as we've said on the podcast and as I've said in the class and we've just said, if you don't know how to speak Bible, you can't participate in that dialogue at all. So better to have some sense of it. There's a lot more to say there, but like I said, we've, we've covered that ground a lot. The thing that was really interesting was I based the class on the, uh, well, the five basic principles in unity are God is good and God is all. That's the first one. And humanity is divine. Right. And then mind is mind primary is and causative. Yep. In other words, what you think about is what you get. And freedom. In other words, we uphold our freedom and the freedom of others, especially in matters of belief and that sort of thing. And the fifth one is that we're Christian. We're Christian. Right. And I didn't, basically I had, there were seven weeks, so week one was just like introduction, housekeeping, here's what we're going to be talking about. That's all the way it is. And the second class was, here's how we read the Bible, here's the allegorical method of interpretation, all that. So really I was left with five classes to get to the meat of it. And I based the first four on one of those principles. Mm -hmm. But I decided I didn't want the last class to be about Christianity because we've been reading the Bible, so all of it yeah, was about so, duh. Uh, Jesus, it, Jesus, it, Jesus. That's, right. that's kind of my, my thing. And so instead, I took the last night and I said, okay, guys, here's what we're going to do. I want you to, you know, the, the week before, I said, here's your homework. I want you to talk about and look at and think about parts of the Bible that you've always wondered about, mm -hmm. whether they're Things that you just really go to in time of trouble or things that you just don't understand or stuff that has really bothered you. Like, how can it say that in the Bible? Or somebody quoted it and made you feel bad. You know, that kind of stuff. And a lot of it I don't feel comfortable talking with on the podcast because... Personal stuff. Yeah, we made it and, yeah, confidential. That was, yeah. We made yeah. it, you know, we wanted to keep it a safe space. We always say Vegas rules, you know, what mm -hmm. goes on in the class, stays in the class and all that. But I got to tell you... It was, I think it was really a nice release for some people because it was a matter of, you know, all my life people have been saying this and that and the other thing. And there was somebody in the class that said, you know, my, the Bible has been used to really clobber somebody who's very close to me and, and about the way that they live their life and stuff like that. Like I said, I don't want to get into specifics, but it was really nice to feel like these people are now equipped with the tools to have a different kind of conversation. Well, did did Revelation come up at all? No, actually, I'm really surprised yeah, about too, that because that's was, where everybody goes. Yeah, I, I was loaded for that. I was okay. ready for people to to go. Well, what does all this mean? But the thing is, by the time you get done with a Bible class on allegorical interpretation, and which means looking at the symbols and going, what do they represent? By the time you get through that, I guess you're comfortable enough with the idea that okay, Revelation is so highly symbolical. I'm not. It's not a Hieronymus Bosch thing. It's like, sure. it's like, okay, I get it. This represents stuff. And then you can just sit down and just sort of work through, okay, well, what does that mean? What does that mean? What does that mean? And so it's not challenging to an uh, allegorical Bible reader in the way that it is to a literal. A if you literal, read the Bible right. like it's a literal story, that's and you scary. get to that part, that's, yeah, like I said, it's Hieronymus Bosch. It's Salvador Dali. Sure. It's Sam Peckinpah. You know, it's, there's some scary stuff. That's a weird trinity, by the way. But that's a... <laughs> It's that's some stuff, you know, but yeah, I had wondered about that, and like I said, I was ready for people. I'm to, so surprised. And in fact, it was really nice. I think that there's something really gorgeous about when you really prepare for something. And I wasn't worried about it, but it, it can apply to something you're worried about too. You really prepare for something, and then it doesn't come up at all. Well, usually it's either there people that are coming from a more fundamentalist background that want to challenge you about it. 
or somebody that just wants to seem uber educated about it and, well, and know, so and knew so, about the dead seas right yeah. and and throwing it out there and that's where everybody goes it's, you remember when you were a kid and everybody kind of dabbled in piano a little bit and everybody that stepped up the piano Fur they Elise. played furry yeah, furry and and so it was like uh so revelation is like that for Same. i think religious well, and it's people. the one that people really know about <laughs> right it's so funny or they think they do because it's the scary thing and it's then, like go read another go, yeah come go on there's, in, there's come on that is, and that is just a little blip mm-hmm. in what's going on in the Bible. But it was it was really nice to to have that experience of, you know what? There's something in here that's going to make a difference in somebody's life. And I have to tell you, I'll tell you one moment, and I I won't be breaking any confidentiality. But I was talking about something, and you know how I am when I'm in the class. I got my little dry erase board, and I'm writing all over and names and characters and interpretations, and it just starts to look like Dr. Gene Scott. Up there on the Google that up there on the uh, up there on the board, and I had just erased what I had written because I was right. Okay, well, what's next? What's mm-hmm. the next question? And somebody wanted to talk about well, what does the Bible say about homosexuality? And right. It was perfect timing because I said, and I'm so proud of myself. I said, I'm glad you asked that because here on the board I've written everything Jesus said about homosexuality and there was of course there was nothing on the that's board great all. and that's i was awesome. really i was like perfect timing i was so glad did that people came up get right. it right away it, it, i think it was one of the, it was like a traveling joke oh, it was you like know a what slow I mean? it was burn like, it's like wait a minute well, oh, oh uh, you know okay. those were one of those moments but you know there's something really powerful about that and people have quoted well what about all of these other rules and it's like okay first of all if you're going to interpret the bible literally you dang well better follow all those rules and some of those rules are you can't shave can't turn up at Red Lobster. There's a lot of stuff. Right, that, yeah. You know, but if you're going to interpret it a little bit more allegorically, like the Bible says you're supposed to, then you've got a little bit more latitude. But the thing that I go back to, and the thing that I mentioned in the class, I'm not going to get too preachy in this part, but the thing is, they asked Jesus, how do we follow all of these rules? And he said, look, love God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your might. And love your neighbor as yourself. So if you do that, you're you're following all the rules. And so can you come from a place of love? Is somebody using the Bible to justify crappy stuff? Well, you know what? You're allowed to go, you know what? I'm not sure about that. I'm going to let God be the judge of that. And I'm just going to love because that's what Jesus said. Can you love your dog that doesn't let you sleep in? That's the real question. I'm working on it. I don't know. Because you know what? Fresco is mentioned in the book of Revelation. <laughs> Okay, as we start our dig in, there's something that we want to talk about, as always. Um, and and I love that these things come up for us pretty organically. Mm-hmm. Just to let you in on a little bit of our process, basically what we do is we sit down and we say, all right, it, what has inspired you? What is bothering you what is is there a challenge that you're trying to overcome and when Dieter and I are talking together it really does come from things that we are genuinely working on and I think that this is something that both you and I have faced and because we have this big project launching in just a little while 
you know, you'll know about it in a few weeks. Stay tuned. And, and uh, you know, I know we're teasing it, but, but it really is something huge for us. And so what we wanted to talk about tonight is stepping into the void. Yeah, that is such a big deal. And, I mean, that might sound a little bit, you know, what does that mean? It sounds a little bit cryptic. But that is the best way to describe it. Life is calling upon each of us to get to a place where we don't know, to get to a place where things are wild and beyond our intellectual perception, beyond our ability to control or predict the outcome. Life is calling for us to get to that place where we let spirit be in charge. That's hard. It's super hard. That's hard. I think that that this is going to be... This has been a, a big lesson, and it's not only been a lesson in faith and a lesson in conquering fear, mm-hmm. but I think it's been a lesson in letting go of control. And man, that I know that I am on planet Earth to to let go and to not. Well, but everybody is. This is the process, man. It's like we talk about how. See, speak, and surrender are the the steps that every prayer should have. They're the steps in manifestation and all that. We ran across, uh, you and I were talking about this the other day, Richard Branson, the guy from Virgin Air Mm -hmm. and Virgin Everything. He's crazy. He's awesome, though. He's crazy. (laughs) Richard Branson. He's like a... He's great, though, you know? Yeah, no, awesome. Awesome guy. He owns his own island. He's he's almost died how many times? But he says, he says... He talks about giving a presentation, but it applies to anything. He says, over-prepare and then wing it, basically. It's like, how do you get ready for a speech? It's like, I don't know what I'm going to say, but I am the most knowledgeable person in the room about whatever it is. I prepare like crazy, and then I get ready, and then I let it go. All right. And, that, and that's that's a Richard Branson way of, of saying see, speak, and surrender, because the see and speak thing are kind of implied there. And Jenny, you and I are really good at the preparation. Oh, Oh, man. Yeah, no, I can work. Vision. Yeah, we got action. We got it. And I'm so proud of that about us. Neither one of us super good at letting it happen. Oh, you know, and it was it's I joke about it. And we were sitting around a couple of weeks ago after the Thursday night Bible class. And we were talking with friends and stuff like that. And I was I was I was only half joking, but some you know somebody said, "Oh yeah, you know, got to get up and run the world." And I said, "Oh, I don't think I run the whole world, just half of it." Yeah, you know, I'll just take, I'll just take, you know, and and you know, I was joking, but there is there is some truth to that where it's I really do feel, and especially as the kids are getting older, Mm -hmm. you know, redefining. Okay, where where's my place? Where do I go? You know, they don't need me like they used to need me. That's right. And and so I have some time to sort of redefine myself and and refocus that. But at the same time, when you lose that identity and really lose control it's huge. of of something, and and you know, for me, I'm using the kids as an example, but it can be your health. It can be anything it could be retirement right well the thing is it's really love when you really love somebody you stop trying to control them because control is fear right so when you really love love being the opposite of fear you're stepping into the void that way there's a million different ways and it's it is absolutely a growing place for us 
we've mentioned and teased this super secret project that we're we're doing and and it is what it is there, there's a piece of it where this is like our whole lives have been leading up to this so we're treating it very very carefully and we're very serious about it we got a lot of skin in the game as they say but we have been having meetings at our house on a very regular basis with a core group of people who are helping us realize this vision and bringing it into the world and we're so grateful for that group of people but I don't know if it was the last meeting, but recently, anyway, I said to those people, I said, look, us four Randolphs are deep-end people, and we just get in and we start doing stuff. You got to know that if there's something that you see that you want to do that, you know, blah, 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 you got to just do it. And I promise you, nobody on this end is going to get their nose at a joint because we kind of expect other people to be in there just elbows flying just like us. And that has paid off, and it has also been challenging sometimes in our life. But I got to tell you, we're not alone. We live in a culture that encourages people to know intellectually every single moment, control every single thing. People uh, just are addicted to that kind of stuff. And when you look at the the nonfiction bestseller list, you know, obviously fiction, that's novels and stuff, but the nonfiction bestseller list is and has been and probably will be dominated by the Malcolm Gladwell kind of book. And sure. don't get me wrong, I love him. No, great books. I've, I've read everything awesome. he's written. Yeah. But it's, they call them turns out books. That's what I call them. And Merlin Mann is a great podcaster, calls him that too. Because it's like the TED Talk where you listen to the TED Talk and they say, people think this, but we've analyzed the data. Turns, turns out, out yeah. it's not this way. Turns out yeah. the best diet is... Yeah. Liverwurst, or whatever you know. Ooh, yeah, well, yeah. Oh. I didn't see that. Pimento, yeah, and liverwurst. But Ugh. you know what I mean. It's so those are turns out things, and the the nonfiction bestseller list is dominated by turns out books like Freakonomics, like The Tipping Point, like sure. David and Goliath, like. And there is a never ending list of those, and they are interesting and fascinating, but they can't make you smarter. And they can't really make you ready to do something. Because when you look at them, they are just filled with data. Well, see, I think that they can make you smarter in a certain way. I think that, so I, I do think that they can make you smarter. I do think that information okay. is, is important. It is important. It can't make you brave. Well, and, it and that's my point. And yes. So it can give you information, but it can't get you out of your comfort zone. Well, and that's, I guess that's what I'm trying to say, because the thing is, what you need to do is get to the place where you're not interested in the facts and figures. Let us all get to the Han Solo place of never tell me the odds, because that's where the heroic moment comes in. And the problem with those books is they can make you addicted to more of those books because there's always some more piece of analysis that you can do. Now, we wrestle with this with some of our teens when they're trying to figure out what they're going to do with the rest of their lives. Yeah, analysis but, paralysis exactly. where they, they go so around and they go around and they go around and they analyze and, they, and they, they're like, well, this is the best and this is the mm -hmm. best and this is and the best. And then you never and, engage. Exactly. And I would argue that those kind of books, I know that's not what Malcolm Gladwell intended. Once again, brilliant guy. But they, I think there's a level at which you think you're doing something good by reading those books, but past a certain point, all it is is stuff that makes you interesting in a cocktail party. There's a there's a piece where you have to jump in. Your security can't come from knowing the data because 
nothing that matters is quantifiable. Well, I was going to say it's always changing. That's something that we talk about all the time, mm-hmm. is the data is always changing based on outward things, based on, you know, weather patterns or, or whatever, wherever well, remember you're going, when coffee you know? was bad for you and now it's good for you? Or right, eggs or eggs or, or yeah. you know, yeah, it's, it's, it always changes and if you were, if you're, Trying to keep up with all of that, good luck, because it's not going to happen. Well, and that's kind of the funny thing about those tipping point books, is a lot of times the point of the book is, we all read the statistics this way, it turns out we were wrong. Right. But then the book's giving you more statistics, so it's like, <laughs> well, it's, it's, a, it's a great thing, because it I sets think... you up to write the sequel that we're, oh, well, all that stuff I told you, turns out. Turns out. You know. But Here's the, the new thing. But here's what I want to say with all of that stuff. I love informational books. Sure. I am an information junkie. I am I am a really good researcher. If you want to find something out, if you even want to find somebody, I can man, I I'm really really good at that. But I think with all of that stuff and even in life, even if you're and and I'll get to the story, but let me get to my point first, but I I do have a story. <laughs> um I think the question that we all need to be asking ourselves after those kinds of books is so what mm-hmm. and then now what mm-hmm. and i think those two things it's like okay i have this information so what and now that i have this t- information now what now what what am i going to do with it what am i going to ha- what you know what am i going to go and do how is this making me a better person how am I going to use this information to not only better my life, but those of the lives around me? Yeah. You know, because if you're just, if it's just up in your noggin and it's just sitting there, it's not helping anybody. Well, and we talked about this kind of thing before. There's a, there's a, a level at which school, for example, which, you know, there's, it's demanding and it's work being in college, for example. Mm-hmm. It's really a lot of work, but it's not hard. No, there's because patterns there's, and, and you can a rule. figure it out. There's a set of rules. Yep. And there are certainly people who, when faced with the reality of having to go out there and, okay, well, what are you going to do with what you've learned? And th- that kind of thing, working in the private sector, just like uh, Dan Aykroyd's character says in Ghostbusters, you know, it's tough out there. And so, you know what, I'm going to read another book and maybe tack a couple more years onto that degree. And then, you know, we'll see. We'll go around again. And I absolutely have known people who get addicted to that security. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the world is going, okay, you're smart. Come fix this. Right. You know, and it's it's that kind of a thing. There's nothing wrong with the academy. And there's nothing wrong with the intellect. And there's nothing wrong with data. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is the same thing you're saying. And that is there comes a time when you've got to step past it. You've got to step past the turns out. Because... All of that stuff is stuff that a computer can do. Mm-hmm. It's stuff that a machine could theoretically be programmed to do. And so it is not what you're here to do. If you can imagine a computer doing it, then you shouldn't put too much of your stock in it. You need to figure out what is your uniquely human quality, your uniquely child of God quality, let's say. What is special about you over and above what can be measured? Because, just like I said, nothing important is quantifiable. And I stand by that. Nothing important can be measured. You can't measure love or beauty or art or truth. You can't measure courage. All of the things that are noblest in the human spirit, all of the things that make us us, 
really profoundly us are things that you can't put statistics behind. Right. And so life is calling for you to jump into that, to that great unknown, to get to the place where there's no proof. Well, I like what we talk about. We talk about going to the wild places mm-hmm. of your of your life and doing things even if it seems very simplistic do something different do mm-hmm. you know think about things a different way walk a different path every but get once out in a of while. your comfort zone right and super, i think it important. really needs to that needs to be sort of a a regular thing that people do you know i mean they're they pull out the old trope about you know, do, do, if you're afraid of it, that's the thing that you got to do, you know, do something that you're afraid of every day. You know, we've all seen those, but there's something, you know, to that. but there is something to that. And, and I think that people are thinking maybe a little bit on the bigger terms of that, but I think try a different food or, well, you know, walk a different path. And I think that even though that seems tame, I think that you can have that happen. And again, all of this stuff, Everything that we always talk about is like a muscle. Mm-hmm. And you you start little, you start slow, and you'll get to the bigger stuff. It's, it's kind of funny because the kids ask me all the time because they, they have faced some pretty big questions in their lives sure. and problems in their lives and heartbreaks in their lives. And, and it feels pretty monumental and they're really really feeling it yeah and and i'm talking about our biological kids our our two kids and i always tell them that of course it's going to be big because you've conquered the bunny hills of your life don't you, you want know? to be ready for don't the big you stuff? want yeah you have to be ready for the big stuff and that's what i'm talking about when you're doing the you know the go small yeah Yeah. and and it is like a muscle and you build it up and you build it up so when you do have something that is a challenge in your life and usually if it's a big challenge you kind of got to look at it as okay that must mean that I'm done with all of this small little piddly stuff down here about you know treating people the right way I'm done with the idea of the golden rule because I pretty much live my life that way every day I know that I find that to be true for myself that when when a problem comes it's usually a big challenge because i'm ready for it well and the thing is you've and you get ready for it by doing it right that's the thing i'm a book guy but i recognize that you can't just sit and read a book about doing bicep curls do them start with a low weight but get out there and do it Past a certain point, talking about this stuff and reading about this stuff isn't the answer. And I'm, it's, it's important for me to say that because I'm a guy that talks and reads a lot. Mm-hmm. And I am suggesting that talking about changing the world is like dancing about architecture. It's like there's no, yeah, there's there's no, no nothing. You yeah, know? there's no it's, connection there's, there. There's yeah. no connection. And it makes me think about how people say about big things in their life. Well, we're going to wait for the right time. For example... We're going to wait until we have enough money and then we'll have a baby, have a baby or get married. Right. We're going to wait until there's a certain amount of money in the bank and then we're going to, I'm going to write my novel. There is never enough money 
to have a child. No, kids are very expensive. <laughs> there's just, there's and just not. they only get more expensive. Yeah, you so know, it's, it's, it's never going to happen. A, it's a pipe dream. Yes. But everything like that. The thing is, the only way to do it is to do it. There's, there's, no, there's no half-stepping in this life. Turns out, proof of course. is the opposite of faith. Yes. If you're, because proof is a byproduct. It never comes first. Remember we talked about the golden rule. Do unto others as, as you would have them do. In other words, the validation, the verification, the manifestation comes after you put yourself out there and never the other way. If you're waiting for proof and validation, you're going to be waiting the rest of your life. Proof comes second. And we know that. And one of the ways we know that is this thing that we've done that everybody has done, but I know we've done it. And that is we'll go through some incredible ordeal mm-hmm. where it'll be like, I don't know how we're going to make don't it know. through. Yep. I don't know how we're going to pay for this thing, let's say. I don't know how we're going to pull through whatever. I don't know how we're going to do it. And then, of course, it works out in some mystical way that we were not expecting. Sure. And we look at each other. And how many times we've done this in our lives? A million, right? Yep. We go... What is wrong with us? Why don't we remember? Why did we why did we punish ourselves? Why don't we just why ran ourselves we, through yep. the ringer? Why don't we trust? What is it going to take? Look at look at the things that have happened. Look at all of these amazing miracles and victories and great things that we have been so blessed to experience. What is it going to take for us to actually trust and stop driving ourselves crazy? And the answer is it doesn't work that way. Sure. Because those things are in the past and faith looks to the future you cannot prove yourself into faith that's the thing so stop looking for proof there is no right time instead find the wild places where all you got left is what you don't know yeah yeah over prepare read your books go to class but understand that the whole point of all of that is so that you can get up and stand up to the world, to speak your truth to the powers that be, to stand up and say, look, this is me right now. And I don't, I can't lift a lot of weight right now, but man, I'm in there doing curls. But here I am. Yeah. Show up. Yeah. Show up. That's the thing. You know, there's, on Thursday night, we had our, we had our little Bible discussion. Boy, we're doing a lot of Bible lately. We have been Bible heavy. Yeah, man. But we were talking about Jesus appears to the disciples after Easter and he says that whole part where if you love me feed my sheep and it's almost like his graduation speech to the disciples because basically he's saying guys you have to go and do this you've you've been in classes with me so to speak I mean they called him teacher mm-hmm. you've been in classes with me but now now's where the rubber meets the road you have to go do this I'm gonna go yeah now it's your turn yeah, yeah. and and what I said last night in the, in the Bible discussion is Jesus basically said, look, it's cool that you're a fan. I'm glad you like me. I'm glad you think I'm cool. But that is so far from the point. If you love me, go do something about this. Do you have all the answers? No. Nobody has all the answers. Turns out it's God's <laughs> job. Turns out your job is to show up. He said, don't think about what you're going to say. Just show up and open your mouth. And I think that applies to a lot of things. It is time for us to live with courage because that is the only way we can change things. You want to move the needle of the statistics of your life? Show up. Put the book down. It'll be there. And go do something.
Okay, so we're doing the listen up segment tonight a little bit different because we don't have a question that was well. We we have questions. Yeah, we got questions. We got questions that have come in, but we're not using any of the questions that came in that were written to us. Um, you have a question that actually came up in one of your classes. Yeah, and it's funny because it came up a bunch of different ways, and so I wanted to distill that down and just deal with it tonight. We've got that stack of questions, and we will continue to draw from that stack in subsequent episodes but of the I podcast. Think and I, yeah, I think that when it comes up several times, I think that that is a natural sign exactly. that, that it's in it's people's like, okay. minds and hearts, and, and it would be a good good way to to discuss it, you know? Totally agree. And so... The question is, if you've, if you've really noticed, if you look at the seven days of creation in the first chapter of Genesis, you know, God said, let there be light, you know, the whole thing with the firmament, and the, you know the part. And God is talked about in the singular. He did this thing, right? He said, good and very yep. good, all that. And of course, everywhere else in the Old Testament and the New, God is talked about in the singular over and over again. But there's this one part where God says, let us make humanity in our image. And then it goes on to say, male and female, he created them. And so the question that came up, and like I said, it came up a couple of different ways, but the question is, who's us? What is that? Where is this? It's the royal we. Well, it's, it's funny you said, because that's what I said in class. We are not amused. You know, it's, it's that sort of a... For the podcaster audience, that was not the, Her Majesty. That was me doing an impression. I know it, it took you to a place, right? But no, it was that was one of my answers. And that's not entirely satisfying, is it? But it is weird. I mean, it's what a it, little odd. It, it, it does, if you're paying attention, it does take you out of. It's a, it's a disconnect. And what is this we? It doesn't match the whole. And once again, it's not anywhere else. It's not a big deal anywhere else. It's all God is a guy, singular, you know, one thing. It's even when God's talked about as a guy in some of the Old Testament parts, one guy. One There's guy. No us. Yep. You know, what is that? And in fact, the children of Israel walked around saying, Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one. There's a commandment about having one God. Sure. Very clear, you know, over and over again. So what is this plurality? What's happening in that one little part? And uh, so I wanted to deal with that because I thought it was it was important, just as you said, it just kept kept coming up. And actually, there's a few answers. There's a couple of layers of answers. First of all, I like the royal we answer. Oh, absolutely! I think that that one's the best. But the it's best partly because one. we've been watching a lot of British television. We have. We're we finished have. with the British Bake Off, and now I don't know what to do with our lives. But that's a separate issue. So hey, listen, if anybody has any suggestions for anything that we might like please send them in because we're always looking for the next yeah. the next great show to watch yeah absolutely but i but we get back get the back royal we to get the point. back yes. so part of the answer is remember that adam who gets created in the second chapter of genesis remember there's a couple of creation stories mm -hmm. his name means basically like there's no direct word for it but his name means the universal Universe. clay. Right. So the way to visualize what the word means is imagine somebody got a little bit of dirt from all over the world and put them all. And the reason that that's important, 
Bible scholars, this is not just a unity thing. This is Bible scholars from all over the place have said this. The reason that that's important is they're trying to say this is not a matter of people from one place are better than somewhere else. Adam is made out of the universal clay, which symbolizes that it's a universal representation, not of one guy, but rather that quality within us. Adam and Eve together represent the male and female aspects of each of us, not just men, not just women and all that. But so there's this idea of no boundaries. Now we know that that's really important to the children of Israel that, that look, you've guys got your local gods, but we've got this we got big, one god, big god, one yeah. god everywhere. And so the idea behind Adam's creation is this is a little bit from everywhere. And so put that piece of information in your pocket and think about, okay, right after let us create, it says male and female, he created them. So part of what's going on there is that the Bible is telling us image and likeness doesn't mean that there are that that God looks like you right you know this is really important because it doesn't make any sense male and female he created them everybody well it, then that means God's not a dude in the sky that's Santa Claus you're thinking of you know and so it the Bible itself is telling you don't take this literally it's covering the plurality because there is a plurality of experience so that's part of it but there's another thing that I really wanted to touch on because I think this is really important. God is done cooking. Right. <laughs> and I say that all the time. When we say amen at the end of our prayer, it, it means, means it's finished. It's, it's done. done. It's like saying, God, I know you got this. Right. My name is so-and-so and I approve this message. The idea is, God, I know you got this. God is done. I am in process. Once again, it's that water and stone. I am in flow. God is unchanging. Mm -hmm. So if God is done, but my life doesn't reflect it, there's something important to understand there. God is the creator of life and love and beauty and wisdom and power and everything. But that's not where the creation process ends, is it? You see... If it's going to happen in your life, it's not enough that God is a creator. You have to be the co-creator. You have to be a willing channel for this wonderful, beautiful light to come through into your life. That's how this works. Nothing happens without your participation in one way or another. So here's the thing. Who's the we? It's you, you. and God. Yeah. You are a part of that we you are talked about in the seven days of creation did you know you were famous that's what's going on there we create the image and likeness by who we are on the inside that's god's job and by how we live it and man oh man that is your job to check it out and this is the part of the podcast where we tell you what we're up to where you can find us what the heck we're doing <laughs> and how crazy our schedules really are oh, i'm so grateful man, oh man i am too i love this life i really do yeah i'm so I, grateful and to all of you listening thank you for helping make this possible this is just the beginning of a very long journey but you're part of it and thank you for enabling all of this um <laughs> 
Uh, on uh, do you mean enabling or do you mean enabling? I both. <laughs> I uh, I wanted to say that on the twenty fifth of June, we are going to be at Unity of North Tampa. We're doing both services and a workshop afterwards based on our book Branching In. Now I know you know about that book, but go to branchingin.com for more. Writing that book absolutely changed our lives, and it's so much fun to go back and talk about it. We're kind of we're getting into writing the next book, so it's been we fun are. to sort of go back and look at what we did and what we wrote and and all of that. And somebody from North Tampa wrote me an email and said, "Okay, well I've read your stuff, but how would you explain it in a soundbite?" And so I got to do that, you know, to for her and so she's going to be telling people about it. But once again, that's June 25th, Unity of North Tampa. As always, you can find out everything uh, that we're up to by going to our website and clicking on the events button. A lot of these venues like Unity of North Tampa have their own websites too, but one-stop shopping. Go to our website. We'll be doing Two services at Unity of Orlando on July 9th. We'll be doing the branching in there at the 9.15. And is it a, an 11 o'clock service? It is at 11, 9.15 it's 9, and 11. It's 9.15 and 11. And whew, I'm glad I got that right. I mean, I know I have time before <laughs> July, but and you know, you don't want to show up too early or too late. Right. And there's two Unity churches in Orlando. This is the one that's called Unity Orlando. The other one's called Christ Church Unity. They're both awesome churches, but we will be at Unity Orlando. Once again, that's another reason to go to our website and get the details and the map and all that good stuff. You will be flying solo July 30th at First Unity. You're going to be doing the service there, and that's always a really good time. Oh, that's yeah. a That's a fun crowd. That's it a, really that's a is. Good crowd. So much fun. Great people. And then July 23rd through the 28th, that is our summer conference. And that is for our teens, 14 to 19. And there's just a couple of things that I want to say. If you're interested in going as a chaperone or if you have teens, Please go and sign up, register, give us a call, send us an email if you need more information. But more than that, Dieter and I are donating all of the sales for the month of June and the month of July from our book, Branching In, to help some teens go that maybe can't afford it. So if you'd like to just help out either by buying a copy of the book or just going to the website and donating through our PayPal button to help some teens go, there's more information, again, all over the website. But I know that this is life-changing for them. I know they look forward to it all year long. And it really does help out. So $10, $20, heck, you know, anything, anything helps these teens to to further their yeah. education and their spirituality. If you want to know more about it, go to unitysociety.com slash summer. And there is so much information there. But here's the thing I want to tell you. When we go, and I can't help it. I say it all the time. This is my spiel, but it, it means so much. I can't shut up about it. When we go places with these teens, when we go do a service project at a church, or when we're out, just out in the world, because we we believe in service, Inevitably, somebody will come up and say, man, if I had known about this stuff when I was that age. Well, you can't go back in time, but the thing that you need to know is that kid is you. You know, we're all in this together, and you have a chance to make a kid's life change. You could be so powerful for, for those kids. Even if you can't give something, just hold a good thought. Just be there cheering those kids on in one way or another. Be there for that. It's just such an amazing opportunity. You can always come and join us on Wednesday mornings and Sunday evenings for our St. Pete Sunshine for our St. Pete Sunshine Celebration. That is a tongue twister. But anyway, so on Wednesdays we meet at North Shore Beach at 7:20 a.m. We do about 
about a four mile walk. We and that's not coffee. that's not really a long walk. It sounds long. It's it not. sounds long, but it's not. We don't walk like we're not power walking. It, it it really is beautiful. It's right by the water. There's coffee at the end of it. It's it's beautiful, and you should just come join us. It was so much fun on on last Wednesday, two days ago, when we were walking and we saw somebody from the church. We got a we quick high five. Yeah, it was awesome. But it was cool, you know. And uh, and then Sunday nights, every Sunday. About a half hour before the sun goes down. Check your phone for when that is, because obviously it changes all the time. But uh, down on St. Petersburg Beach, we gather for the sunset and basically park at the Dolphin Village public parking, the beach parking, and just walk a little bit south along the beach. You'll run into us. Uh, we're you know we're usually in a little bit different place because it's the beach, but you'll find us, and we're just there to celebrate the sunset and and to congratulate another wonderful week and to look forward to the blessings of the next week, and then we have some ice cream, so everybody wins. We also um, on Facebook Live their Thursday night Bible discussion. Mm-hmm. They've been going really really well. We have done seven weeks of them. You Man. can find the yeah, you can find the old videos on Facebook, and we are working to move them to our YouTube channel. So be on the lookout for that, and we'll we'll pop up a link somewhere along the lines. But if you can join us at eight p.m. on Thursday evenings for our Bible discussion online, you can always send in your questions. It's been it's been really nice to connect with people that yeah. we don't get to see on a regular basis, and. You know, and if you're in the area, just get in contact with us. You're always welcome to join us in person for those Thursday nights as well. It was so much um, fun last last Thursday. Uh, we were I was answering questions that were coming in over the internet, and somebody wrote in from Kentucky. Yes, you know, it's just it it's happening. Yeah, zero advertise or anything. Just doing something that we believe in and something that we love, and we'd love for you to to be a part of it as well. So you can always find us on our website, and you can link to our Instagram, our Twitter, our Facebook, all of that kind of stuff. And that also brings up an amazing thing that we want to tell people to keep on their calendar. We can't tell you exactly what it is. You, kinda, you'll know. Soon you'll enough. know. You, a couple more weeks, guys, and the you know the bun is still in the oven. Needs a little bit more time to cook, but mark your calendars for August twenty seventh. You will not regret it. Yeah, if you're anywhere near the St. Petersburg, Florida area, the finest city on the face of the earth. You're going to want to reserve the morning of Sunday, August 27th. Trust me, it's going to be awesome. And there will be more details coming up. I'm not, you're not going to get hit up on the 26th and go, okay, here's where you go. You'll know well before then. But just for right now, that's the important piece of information. So, Dieter, let's, um, what did we say? Wrap it up. Oh, that's right. Every moment of your life, every conversation, every situation, every song on the radio, every show on the television, every everything that's going on is working together to bring you to a place where you stand up. That's what this whole thing is about. Every moment of your life, good or bad, look back at it and go, you know what? That was practice. That was practice for something really big. Every moment is asking you this question. Who are you? Who are you really? Not just the details, the facts of your life. Those are true things. How tall you are, where you live, what you like to eat. That's fine. Nothing wrong with that. But that's not who you are. You know that. You're not what you own. You're not what people think of you. You are not your accomplishments. There is a deeper truth that 
not only is going to make you feel good to share, but more importantly, that the universe needs to hear. And the only way to get there is to get yourself to a place where you don't need proof. You just know. And maybe you don't know everything yet. You know what? That's God's job. Turns out, all you got to do is show up. All you got to do is find that love in your heart and do one thing about it. Now is the time to give from that place because it changes everything. The Unity Society podcast is recorded at Pinfeather Studios on the uber comfy orange couch. Hashtag orange couch. Can you hashtag your own stuff without sounding really lame? I can't. But uh, our sound engineer, the director of uh, Pinfeather, is the handsome and strong Raina Randolph. She and her brother, the lovely and talented Miles Randolph, provide all of our amazing music for this show. And as always, this podcast is supported solely by you. And that means two things, boys and girls. First of all, it means share this stuff. Send somebody a link to the podcast episode. Go to our website and any of the blog posts. It makes We make it really easy for you to just click a button and share it on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, email, whatever. Print it out and staple it to something. Whatever you got to do. Share what we're doing. We are counting on you to help us spread the word. We really think that these ideas can make a difference, but we need your help to get them out there. So part one is share. And part two is sunny. No, part two. <laughs> sorry, couldn't help myself. Part two. It's Father's Day. I can do dad jokes. Part two is the part you know about, and that is write a good review. Go to wherever you're listening to this podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Amazon, whatever it is, and go write us a five-star review. It will take you eight seconds. It's like riding a bull. It will take you eight seconds, and it will change everything for us. So go do those two things. Go share it. Go review it, and you've done your part to help us make this dream come true. Thank you for listening, and go do something brave this week. Go do something wild this week. We love you and are just rooting for you every minute. You got this.